Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Keep 100 Radio is brought to you in collaboration with SkinGrip, the only patch company that I trust with my diabetes devices. I started using SkinGrip about two years ago, and before I found them, my Dutzcom would last maybe four or five days before falling off, making it really hard to lift weights, hike with my dogs, or just wanting to do the everyday things that I love. But now I can confidently travel, work out, and navigate life with diabetes without having to worry about dealing with insurance more than I have to, begging for replacements, and resorting to finger pricks. Plus, I'm in love with their mission to help us live fearlessly with diabetes. You can check out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save 10% on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Hey everyone, long time no talk. We are back on the podcast. I took a little bit of a break, but we are back with our season three season three episodes. So I'm really excited to be back. It has been an insane six weeks, pretty much, even longer, probably about two months. So we'll get into that today. But if you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so excited that you found Keep You 100 Radio. Inside of this podcast, we talk about all of the uncensored conversations around life with diabetes. Um, I'm in and out of doing solo episodes, bringing in guests. So if there are any topics that you want to hear, definitely send me an a in a dm on instagram at needles and spoons underscore and let me know what you want to hear about if you are not new to the show welcome back i'm pumped that you're here for our third season it's really weird to say that we're on season three uh just because we started this podcast it feels like yesterday but it was october 2021 so it's been a while so i'm really excited to be here um like i mentioned it's been a really crazy six weeks <laughs> um, that's why i kind of took a little bit of a break from the podcast trying to keep the stress levels a little bit lower um which we know that life with diabetes and then everything happening on top of that that is not always an easy thing but in the last six weeks a lot has happened Two weeks ago, I got married. Outside of that, there's just been a lot going on socially with family. Um, there's been a bridal shower, a another wedding that I was in. There's been surprise birthday parties for family members. Uh, got a new tattoo. Um, what else? Let's see. Oh, and then last weekend, I was in San Diego traveling for the ADA conference. Um, I was there with Skin Grip doing their marketing and helping them with at their booth. So if you're not familiar with Skin Grip, they are the sponsor of this podcast. I'm actually wearing, if you're watching the video version right now, I'm wearing their patch on my Dexcom G7 right now. This has been holding on for the last seven days. I have three days left of this sensor. But if you're looking for something to keep your devices on and keep them secure for the full length of the sensor life, definitely recommend Skin Grip. You can use code Lissy um, at checkout to save 10%. There's your little spiel on Skin Grip, but truly cannot recommend a product more. I've been using them for over three years now. But I went to San Diego with them at their booth and was helping, you know, just talk to different people about Skin Grip and sharing their mission and just sharing about the product more. And yeah, with that was a, it was a four day trip. Um, so that in itself, the week after getting married, it was so fun and so exciting, but definitely, definitely a little bit exhausting and draining. And when you're traveling with diabetes, that's one thing, right? But then when there are 
surprises with traveling that doesn't make things any easier. <laughs> um, so my four-day trip was supposed to, it was a four-day trip, but I was supposed to have only about seven hours of traveling on the way home. And of course, the leg home, like you are just so ready to get home, right? Like, especially after a really exhausting trip, you are kind of socially drained. Like my social battery was at it was at a zero just from wedding one weekend to conference the next weekend. And that six to seven hour travel time from San Diego to New Jersey ended up being a 21 hour travel day because of all the cancellations to Newark. Um, if you're traveling to Newark in the near future, I recommend maybe not <laughs> just because they had canceled over 200 flights that day. And let's just say if you watch my Instagram stories, then you know exactly how that day went. It was a very long day. But all to say, it has been a crazy sit sweets. Like I have spent more time outside of my day-to-day -day routine than I have spent in my day-to-day -day routine. And when you add on like 40 hour, a 40 hour work week and then diabetes on top of it, it can make for some really interesting blood sugars. And I always get that question of, you know, how do I manage my blood sugars when I'm outside of my routine? It might be really easy to manage your blood sugars when you're in your routine because more or less you know what to expect. You kind of have your dosing strategies in place. You have your routine in place. And especially when I was first diagnosed, I'd always heard that saying of um, when you know, your, your, what is that saying? Your blood sugars thrive on routine. So whenever I was outside of my routine, I felt like I was sacrificing my blood sugars. Or on the other end, I had thought that if I live in the moment, I have to uh, either have to sacrifice my blood sugars or on the other end, I have to sacrifice the moment to pay attention to my blood sugars. And it was really hard for me for a lot of years to find that balance of being able to be in the moment and enjoy the social components, the emotional components of all these different memories while balancing my blood sugars and not feeling like I have to stare at my death's calm every five minutes. And that's been a big learning process for me over the years. And it's a big learning process for our clients as well. So inside of this episode, I want to take you through the three things that have really helped me and helped me over the last six weeks in navigating not only the blood sugar component, but being able to actually enjoy the experience as well. Because that's the thing, right? Like, I don't believe that it's worth having 100% time and range, that perfect 5.5 A1C, if you are not also enjoying the experiences that you're in. Maybe that's a personal opinion, but I just think if you like there has to be a balance, right? And that's why we take a flexible approach inside of our program, keeping it 100. Now, the interesting thing about the past six weeks is that when I look at the data, um, yes, there has been some changes in it, but not to the extreme that maybe I used to experience. Because again, in the past, I used to say, well, if I'm completely in the moment, I'm ignoring my blood sugars. So if I looked at the data, I actually have it pulled up right here. But over the last 30 days, I've still been 74% in range. Now, my personal target goal is always above 70%. To me, that allows me enough flexibility to do just like, as we said, enjoy the experiences while, you know, keeping my A1C around the same level um, each, uh, each quarter. So, in comparison to the previous month, or previous 30 days, there are actually, again, hasn't been too drastic of a change. 
I went from a 75% time in range to a 74% time in range. My average glucose went from 134 to 141. And my standard deviation, which is about the amount of fluctuation that you experience from your average blood sugar on an average, went from 47 to 52. Now, is that perfect data? No. But all things considered, all of the high variability moments, all of the stress, all of the new foods, new social experiences, I am more than happy with those numbers. And I want to talk about that today. Like, how do we not experience too much deviation from our norm while being able to enjoy the present moment? So, this episode is here to walk you through how I personally treat those high variability areas. And you can kind of take some of these and apply them to wherever you are. Because that's one thing to keep in mind, too, right? Like, no high variability scenario is ever the same. That's what made some high variability. So, whether you are traveling, whether you're getting married, whether you're eating out at a restaurant, whether you're on vacation or it's a holiday, these moments all are all considered high variability. They're outside of your norm. So how do we handle them? So the first thing that I do is during every high variability moment, I am constantly evaluating the different factors that can be influencing my blood sugars, not only my blood sugars, but my body at that time. Now, this used to be something that felt really overwhelming because you may have heard the statistic of there are 42 plus factors that influence your blood sugars at any given moment, and that used to feel really intimidating. But now, because I've taken the time to get curious about my body and kind of investigate my personal trends and patterns, this is something that feels really empowering. So before any scenario, I'm constantly evaluating these three things. So first and foremost, you've heard us talk about it on the podcast before, but I'm always looking at my cycle. And this is because where you are at in your cycle is going to tell you what you may be experiencing as far as insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance. So one way that I track this, actually the way, yeah, one way that I track this is through the temp drop. That is an armband that goes around your arm and overnight it's measuring your basal body temperature. Based on where my basal body temperature is, along with other factors, um, I know whether I am pre-ovulation or post-ovulation. And based on that, I know (laughs) basically, will I be more insulin sensitive these next few days or weeks, or will I be more insulin resistant? So in these scenarios that I just explained in over the past six weeks, each one brought very different results in my blood sugars primarily because of where I was at in my cycle. So for my wedding, I was pre-ovulation. So I was more insulin sensitive, which not gonna lie, that helped me out a lot with, you know, eating different foods, not really having the mental capacity to always focus on pre-bolusing or things like that. But then with San Diego, when I was at the conference, I was post-ovulation. So that's when I was in my luteal phase. And with that, I was experiencing a little bit more insulin resistance. So this first factor will be able to kind of guide you on what can you expect. And based off of that, how are we going to move forward with our dosing strategies, with our behaviors, and with our um, environmental factors as well. So just a side note, through the month of July, temp drop, um, is having a they're celebrating their six years in business so they are having a 20% off sale 
Plus, I have a code that can get you an extra 10% off. So if you want to save, I think it comes out to be about $30 or so off of your temp drop to start tracking your cycle and really start charting on a, on a biological level, this is your sign to head over to tempdrop.com and you can use the code AFLISSEED. That will also be in the show notes as well, but you can definitely grab one and save a little bit of money. So that is factor number one that I'm always evaluating. Factor number two is my stress. So when I think of stress, I'm not just thinking about mental stress. Of course, I okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Virgo. I'm a type A. So <laughs> I kind of thrive off of cortisol and uh, stress hormones. So not a good thing. I'm learning how to kind of alleviate some of that. But instead of just looking at mental stress, I'm always looking at emotional stress and I'm also looking at things like environmental stress. So with that, you know, even when things aren't stressful, that doesn't mean that they're not putting stress on your body. Even excitement brings stress on your body. So a wedding day, that is, I mean, even though it's so much excitement and love and support, it's also adding stress onto your body because there's cortisol, adrenaline involved. So that's why if you see me post my Instagram stories, I'm always talking about how at every single wedding, I'm in the th- I can eat nothing and be in the 300s all day because there's just so much of that cortisol and that excitement happening. So even good stress can still cause higher blood sugars and more insulin resistance. But with that, I'm also looking at what are the other stressors like environmental stress. So things like being out of your normal environment. So me being in San Diego, us having a wedding that was more of a destination wedding. It wasn't too far, but it was about five hours away in Virginia. That is also stress on your body. It's out of your norm. um, And that can also cause some more insulin resistance, which we don't always really pay attention to, but I'm always constantly considering. And with that, of course, I'm always looking at emotional stress as well um, and other physical stressors like my third variable, which is sleep. So how rested is my body? So not only how many hours of sleep did I get, but how, what is that quality of sleep? What did that look like? So like, for example, the day before our wedding, I did not sleep at all. If you say that you slept the night before your wedding, you either took melatonin or you're lying because there's there was no way I was sleeping that night. I got maybe four hours of sleep. So, and that also applied to San Diego as well. I was on a flight at, um, I had to get up at four in the morning to go to my flight, which was at 6 a.m. And it was a six hour flight that put me in San Diego at 9 a.m. So I was facing a three hour uh, kind of like jet lag. And while that's not the worst jet lag in the world, I, you know, I recognize that that still put me in a little bit more of a sleep deprived state, especially after a weekend where I really didn't sleep because of our wedding. So one thing that I really made sure to prioritize was, you know, how am I going to get rest in this time? And I'm going to talk about that in my next point. So with that, looking at all of these factors, after I'm looking at these, I am evaluating the ways that are in my control that I can combat the insulin resistance that may be coming my, my way. Really, during any time of high variability, there's probably going to be a bit of insulin resistance that is working against you. Now, our goal is never to push our body to be more insulin sensitive. It's just how can we meet our body in the middle and how can we offset 
that resistance just a little bit. So with this, one of the biggest things that you'll probably hear online is that strength training increases insulin sensitivity. This is true. Strength training, um, weight training can improve your insulin sensitivity for the next 24 to 72 hours. However, in these moments, this is not what I am This is not what I'm looking at. This is not what I'm doing because at the end of the day, something that is more high intensity is putting more stress on your body and you kind of think of it as like fighting fire with fire, right? And in that moment, that's not going to be what actually supports your insulin resistance. It's probably going to add more stress onto your body. So with this, I'm looking at other ways that are kind of more in the green. Um, We have a insulin sensitivity resistance tracker that actually, like if you're not sure what's considered kind of red and what's considered green or what I'm referring to when I say those things, I would definitely recommend checking that out in the show notes. It's completely free, but it'll kind of show you based off of things like your sleep, your cycle, your movement, your stress levels, those types of things, how you can work your way in the middle and find more balance when you are feeling more insulin resistant. So in these moments, I'm constantly thinking about how can I add more green? It's not a bad thing to be in the red because it happens. We can't avoid the red at all times. But how can we add more green and just kind of make that insulin resistance a little bit lighter? So these are things that I am kind of choosing to do. These are the things that I'm choosing to do in order to help support that insulin sensitivity. So number one, hydration. So I was definitely making sure that I was giving my body what it needed as far as water, especially during the wedding weekend where there's a lot of caffeine, there's a lot of alcohol. So I knew that my body definitely needed a little bit more extra intention in giving hydration than normal. So I always carry around my like emotional support water bottle. It's a big like 40 ounce bottle that I constantly have by my side. But in that, I made sure to have my element electrolytes. Um, Those are another thing that can just be a little bit extra support in moments where maybe you're not getting the minerals that you might normally be having in your foods and can just be more supportive in making sure that you're rehydrating your body in what in what it needs. So that was something that I chose to have, you know, the day of my wedding. I had those at all times with me during the conference and that to me made me feel more confident that I was giving my body what it needs. Um, little side note here as well. Again, I'm not affiliated really with these brands that I'm I'm talking about. I'm affiliated with Skin Grip. I have a discount code with TempDrop, but I'm not affiliated with Element. But I do have a link inside of the show notes too that will give you a free sample pack whenever you make your first purchase at Element. So if you want to try out some electrolytes, that's just a little bonus that's in the show notes. So I always try to like give you guys discounts and freebies whenever possible because it's really hard to trust different brands and things add up. So that's in there for you. Um, But that was my number one, like very easy, minimum viable commitment of how can I support not only my my blood sugars, but how can I support my body in this moment? Lowest hanging fruit was hydration. Now, number two, what I did was focus on low intensity movement. So like I mentioned, strength training, yes, an absolutely amazing tool for increasing insulin sensitivity for those moments when you're in the green. So when you're feeling rested, when you're feeling fueled, when you are in certain phases of your cycle, but it is not always 
um, it's not always the best practice for when you're experiencing more stress. So during weekends, the last time that I worked out actually or did a high intensity weight training session was before my wedding. So weekends like my wedding, weekends like when I was in San Diego, I did not do any weight training. I actually opted more for low intensity movement. So what that looked like for me was really focusing on steps. I'm not somebody who primarily like, I love hot yoga, but I don't love just waking up and doing yoga in my room, Pilates, any of that. So I chose just to like, let's focus on walking. I'm doing it anyway. This was actually really easy to do in San Diego when you're walking everywhere. You're at a conference, walking around the different booths. So in that, I got 10 to 12,000 steps a day. So it was actually something that really supported my blood sugars and put me more in that rest and digest mode rather than in a higher cortisol um, environment in my body. So low intensity movement when you're experiencing more stress is, in my opinion, one of the best things that you can do to help support your insulin sensitivity. Now, lastly, going back to rest, even though these were higher stress environments, they're higher stress situations, there's a lot of excitement and adrenaline, I really made sure to prioritize rest as much as possible. So while not every night looked like this, whenever I could, I really tried to get at least eight to 10 hours of sleep. And for the most part, that looked like after the fact. So the week after our wedding, was probably the most unproductive time, not only because I was looking at pictures from the weekend, but because my body was just so exhausted that I needed the rest. And quite honestly, I should have taken off of work those days because it did not serve the business and it did not serve me either. (laughs) So those nights, I really tried to be in bed by like 9 p.m. and then wake up, you know, the next morning and making sure I got eight to 10 hours of quality sleep. San Diego as well on, you know, the next few nights after the conferences, I made sure I was in bed by 9 p.m. and called it a day because I knew that my body really needed time to recover from all of the excitement and adrenaline that was happening around me. And I think my blood sugars really, really appreciated that because again, it showed in the numbers. While they weren't perfect, they definitely were well supported by things that were bringing me, bringing the stress down. So, with that, the last thing that I really made sure to do on over the last six weeks was to readjust my expectations. Now, there's a few ways that I did this, and I do this not to, um, I do this as kind of like a mental boundary for myself because in these moments, it's not serving you to constantly be, to constantly hear your alarms. It's not serving you to look at your data and feel disappointed. And it's not serving you to just have that mental load added on to those scenarios. So some ways that I did this was I actually went into my Dutscom um, alerts and I went into my Dutscom clarity and what I normally have as a range from 80 to 160. I increased to 80 to 180 as just a little bit more of a buffer that allowed me a little bit more grace to say, if my blood sugar is not perfect, that's okay. And what I found was that just alleviated a lot of the pressure to not be perfect. You know, there were times where I didn't pre-bolus. I was having foods that I definitely did not carb count correctly for. And, you know, I just didn't want to have that expectation that this was a scenario where I should be in my norm. So that was the very first thing that I did. And honestly, I'm still, I still have that increased um, 
but over the next few weeks, I'll be taking the actions to slowly decrease that and kind of get back into my normal routine and with that, a little bit more normal blood sugars. Um, but another thing that I did also was just kind of reevaluate my expectations for those weeks as well as far as like what is my ideal time and range. Of course, ideally, I would love for that to be at 75-80% on a normal basis, but I really adjusted my expectations to say during this time, 65-70% to is a-okay with me. And I think it's really important that we allow ourselves to or allow us ourselves to be flexible to the moments that we're in instead of carrying the same standards and expectations over for ourselves for every single scenario. Every single scenario is so different. Our bodies are responding differently in those scenarios and we have to allow for our mindset to also be um, to also be flexible in those moments as well. So if there's anything that I can recommend, I would definitely say it's like kind of take the time before these moments happen and say truly what is the expectation that I want to set for myself. Of course, we would all love perfect blood sugars, but real life says that that's not always possible. So given all these variables that are working a bit against my blood sugars, what can I change that expectation to where I know that I can confidently be um, okay with at the end of the day? So That is my TED Talk for today. (laughs) Um, Again, like I share about these moments because when I was first diagnosed, I was always told to just avoid variability. I was told that these moments were just not beneficial for my blood sugars. And if anything, that just made me scared for those moments. It made me anxious for them. Whereas if I somebody walked through those scenarios with me and they taught me how to respond to them and how to figure them out and problem solve in the moment, I can tell you there would have been a lot of experiences that would have worked out 10 times differently. So if anything, I just hope that this was a conversation that can hold space for that and allow you to just maybe change the thought process and strategy behind those moments. So I appreciate you tuning in. I would love for you to leave a review on whatever listening platform that you are listening on. And when you send me a screenshot at needles and spoons underscore, I am giving away a free digital guide, free digital version of the Keep 100 journal. So if that's been something that you've been keeping your eye on, definitely send me a screenshot of your review so I can send that to you. All right, we'll see you in the next episode.